Well, well, well. We're here. We're back. Another episode of Pop Apologists. Well, well, all too well, Chandler. We are back. It was a big weekend of Taylor Swift news all over the headlines, all over Instagram. I need to get into it with you. So much to discuss this week. So much. Where should we start? I'm glad that award season is upon us because I think we're going to be getting a lot more Taylor, a lot more content, and I'm here for it all. Oh, absolutely. I'm so excited for all the Taylor Swift content that we have coming. Before we get into it, though, and before we get into the main topics that we have at hand today, which is a gorgeous deep dive you have prepared. Chandler's leading us through a deep dive on Gypsy Rose, which I'm so excited about because I know nothing. So it's going to be so fun. But we need to talk about close friends. Oh, yeah. Before we get into anything else, let's Before talk we get about into close friends. Anything else, you guys. Okay. So Chandler and I have always had this barrier when it comes to Instagram of posting on stories specific things because, frankly, there's just a huge smattering of people who follow pub apologists. There's like our mom's aunt's friend who she probably showed the account and followed us just to be nice. There's ex-coworkers. There's old bosses. It's just kind of like, it's a, it's a gamut. And you know what? It's a beautiful collection of people who believe in us and have smashed that follow button. But sometimes it can feel a little bit like too big of an audience to maybe just, you know, say all of our thoughts to. Oh, completely. Because we're so grateful that anyone follows it all. But it's like when I want to really talk some trash and really say some things that really are just like a whisper to my best friends, to you. Correct. It's like, I really don't need my my maids leader or my church leader from when I was 14 to see that. So anyway. Maybe you do. Maybe you do. (laughs) Maybe it'd be good for you. Perhaps. So I called you the other day and I was like, I really want to create close friends on Instagram. And I want a way to just have this very small community that we can post our truly unfiltered thoughts to where we don't have to worry about that. And so we kind of talked it over. And what we decided was we'll have a new tier on Patreon. So anyone can join. You just have to go to patreon.com slash popapologist and join our $12.99 tier. The reason why we didn't do all Patreonies is frankly, it's just too many people. We want this to be a small group. We do not want it to be over a thousand people. We don't want that. We want it to be a small community. I think also we want it to be an additional opt-in because you're going to be hit with a lot of content from us. So, you know, if you really truly want it, please opt in. And there's, you know, there's people who are so great and subscribe to our Patreon who maybe are like good with the extra content. They don't need (laughs) literally every thought that pops into our head. And it's, you know, it was actually a show of restraint to not make it all the Patreonies. (laughs) That is such a good point. We want to make it something where someone has clearly said, yes, I want this instead of like, because we have friends who are Patreon subscribers who I'm not even sure listen to the show, but they're just like, I got to give these girls $9.99 and, you know, give them some hope that they should continue this little project of theirs. Yes. Yes. And also, just to clarify, this tier also includes all the regular bonus content. So it's not like an additional amount of money that you have to then opt into. It's just essentially it's an upgraded tier if you want to, you know, upgrade or downgrade, depending on how you look at it, uh, with getting even more content from us. But you, you will still receive all the bonus Patreon episodes. 
You'll still receive all the bonus Patreon content. Yes, exactly. And then it's just an add-on to get our on our close friends list and get our unfiltered conversation on Instagram. So it's a fun conversation. I just have to say, I do not post on the stories very often. It's kind of more your domain. I don't actually enjoy like filming myself and not to say that you enjoy filming yourself. Actually, I think you do enjoy filming yourself. <laughs> but I don't, you know, like I, I mentioned this when I posted about it on the close friends. But you know, there's just like many days where I feel like the lighting is terrible. And I'm just not interested in like an up close of my mm-hmm. own face, you know, a video of an up close of my face. And so anyway, I feel now like the shackles are off and I can mm-hmm. like just post to the close friends, anything I want to talk about and mm-hmm. not feel like everyone from my p- past, present, future are, you know, are going to have to experience this content. Like sometimes I shudder when I think about potentially people who have followed us out of obligation and when they've exactly. had to smash that mute button and <sighs> that's what's holding me back. So I just, I just need to know that I'm so excited for this close friends from well, my own perspective. And the thing I like about it is a lot of times I have thoughts and opinions that don't necessarily make me seem necessarily like a good person or like, you know, (laughs) I might just have like judgmental thoughts about certain things and I just want to share it like I would with a girlfriend. But I, again, Mm -hmm. I don't want to blast it. Um, and so this is like conversation that's happening late at night after a dinner party. You're a little buzzed and you're whispering some secret dark thoughts to your friends. Also, it could be dark or it could be, you know, just frankly, uh, more useless thoughts. Yeah, we try to bring you a certain level of content on the podcast and on the stories. And Mm -hmm. yeah, this is just opening the floodgates to anything and everything. (laughs) And then also final thing on this enrollment is open until Friday. So this is end of day Friday. So it's today's Tuesday while we're recording. So you're going to hear this on Wednesday, most likely. So enrollment ends end of day Friday, January 12th. And then you cannot enroll again until February 1st. The reason I'm doing that is it's just way too much management to have people adding all the time. And so if you want to add it, go to patreon.com slash popapologist. You can join $12.99 tier and then message us on Patreon. This is super important, your Instagram username. Trying to match people from their Instagram to names on Patreon is too crazy. We literally have someone named Lori and there, then there's someone else named Lori That's their actual username. But those are not the same people. The Patreon person has a different username. And anyway, it's too much. So... Lauren's putting Lori on blast. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, this person didn't want that to be revealed, but <laughs> it's now been revealed. You can bleep the, the last name, Chrissy. So anyway, it's just way too much to try to match people. So to sign up, go to patreon.com slash popapologist and send us your username as a message on Patreon, and then we will add you on Close Friends. That's the only way to get added. And sign up ends on January 12th. And then enrollment will not begin again until February 1st. All close friends stuff, it's posted and then it goes away too. So it's not something where you won't be able to access the backlog, everybody. Sorry. And honestly, it's probably for the best. Chandler, your talent is the TLDR. And I really appreciate that. Thank you. Let's move forward. Oh, wow. Let's move forward because... This story of Gypsy Rose. Well, did you want to talk about Taylor? Because I think okay. there's a lot to get into a Gypsy. So let's make let's do a real TLDR with Taylor. My TLDR with Taylor is that I honestly felt like she was a bad sport. Uh, and I know this means Taylor's for sure not going to opt into close friends, but I just feel like she 
I feel like she's traumatized from being like made fun of so much. So I totally get why she had that reaction because this girl has really been through the ringer. But I also felt like Joe Coy's joke was mm, like a nothing burger. Yeah, it was. Well, it wasn't super funny, but it also wasn't super offensive. Not even offensive at all. I think with Taylor, she wants to make fun of herself on her own terms. She really is never comfortable with somebody else making fun of her Mm -hmm. unless it's, you know, she's the one writing the jokes, whether it's in the song or it's like that SNL monologue. You know, it's really got to be on on her terms. Otherwise, she yeah, she's not a good sport. No, it's that's such a good point, Chandler. And I just feel like if. If I could give a note to Tree, to Tree Payne, her publicist, we really should have had a talk before the award ceremony and said, there's probably going to be a joke about you. And the best way to dissolve any tension from it is to just laugh along, to just, just laugh it play off. along and seem gracious. Anyway, right. I'm Taylor. I like, wish I could imitate the way her like lips pursed or like the way she closed her mouth in disgust and, and, and annoyance. Honestly, Taylor, I love you. Please still join close friends. But you still have to message us your Instagram username, okay? On Patreon, you have to send us a message. Yeah. Do not DM it's us, It's the only Taylor. way. It's the, only, it's the way. only way. We have many people named Taylor Swift on our close friends. <laughs> Precisely. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Any thoughts about the Selena Timothy scandal? I, for one, cannot hear the audio to save my life. I know that sometimes my ears can be clogged, and I think that might be the issue here, but I cannot hear any audio of Selena saying the word Timothy. I can see the shocked reactions, but I'm not hearing it. No, this was fully just fan fiction. This was absolutely just people making stuff up, which I found to be entertaining. But yeah, I did not hear Timothy at all. I did find them to be so darling, though. Yes. Like the whatever tea was being spilled, whether it was good, bad, whatever, I want to know about it, but I don't, I'm not hearing the Timothy part. Oh, that was darling too. We love spilling tea amongst friends. This is our entire business. But what I meant more is Kylie and Timothy in love. Oh my gosh. Gorgeous, right? I did a complete 180 after watching that. And I watched it so many times. I almost made Ben watch it. It was so lovely. It was so... I I seriously from the beginning like when this story broke I thought this was the fakest you know thing ever Chris mm-hmm. Jenner orchestrated TMZ you know, rumor mill mm-hmm. it is real folks whatever is happening between the, between the two of them is real no Chandler I I don't know that Kagan looked at me like that during our wedding dinner I mean that was just I was so stirred I got goosebumps <sighs> as I watched they looked so gorgeous together right. and. Oh. You know that like budding love, I mean, you know, or whatever. They were phase in the lavender haze. When you when you can't stop touching the other person, you know, like oh, when you're yes. when you're at a dinner and you just like you are so ensconced. That was a perfectly mm-hmm. ensconced moment. And it it to me was super genuine. It made me also like Kylie more, to be honest with you. I agree a hundred percent with you. I mean, Kylie is very alluring. I will say that. Yes, I agree. I agree. Uh, okay, let's okay. pursue to someone also alluring, but for a different reason. I think she draws a lot of attention. <laughs> Alluring is definitely one way to put it. I don't know where to begin with this entire story. There's so much to get into here. It is dark. It is a roller coaster. I, I want to issue a trigger warning, but I don't really know where to even begin with, with the potential triggers. So I'll just say that, you know, there's abuse, there's homicide, there's a lot of dark stuff, you know discretion is advised on all fronts mm-hmm. and you know i will i will now take you through the life of gypsy rose the life up until this point are you ready i'm so ready chandler okay so 
From the time she was very young, Gypsy Rose Blanchard seemingly suffered from a variety of ailments, Lauren. Okay. Okay. She was very, very sick. She spent her Mm. life in a wheelchair and was in and out of hospitals, uh, surgery after surgery, and took dozens of medications. And spoiler alert, all of these illnesses were fabricated by her mother, Dee Dee, who, you know, had Munchausen's by proxy. Or I don't know if you say that Gypsy suffered from Munchausen's by proxy. Maybe that's the correct way to say it. But, you know, that is the TLDR of this story. And the details of it are so staggering. And it it spans over the course of her whole adolescence to, like, early adulthood. You know, I'm so interested in the idea of Munchausen by proxy. Or, yeah, I think Munchausen's is when you're faking an illness. And I think by proxy is... And I'm just is when you're doing that to another as person. I, as I'm putting the words together. But, yeah, it's when, you, when it's been... When someone else is, like, making you fake an illness. So Munchausen... Durant, or sorry, Munchausen's <laughs> Yolanda. Oh, your name. Munchausen's Yolanda. Munchausen's by proxy is like sharper objects like that. I don't know if you ever watched that show. I did not watch that show, but spoiler alert for that. Sorry. Disclaimer to Yolanda Hadid. We do believe you. And that's just what Lisa Rinna so coldly accused Yolanda right. Hadid right. of having, which was absolutely well, not the case. Lauren, what you're going to learn here is that, you know, who Gypsy Rose could have really used, you know, in her adolescence, Lisa Rinna. Oh, interesting. Oh my gosh, Chandler. That is staggering to consider. If only Lisa Mm -hmm. Rinna had lived near Gypsy Rose, she could have called out her mother and saved her mom's life, potentially. Literally, she she could have made Dee Dee own it and (laughs) we would be in a much different situation. But let's get into the life of Gypsy Rose. Okay, perfect. And by the way, I just want to say this. I know the brass tacks of what happened. I don't think that you can be a lot like on social media and not know that like the bare minimum of what happened. But I know no details. Like all I know is that the mom is dead and that the boyfriend was involved and Gypsy. I don't know who did what. Is free. Gypsy's free now. It's free. And it's strange to me that she seems to be a very celebrated murderer or murderer accomplice so it's going to be interesting to have you unpack this for us Chandler yes yes okay so July 27th 1991 Gypsy Mm -hmm. Rose Blanchard is born in Louisiana to Rod and Dee Dee Blanchard this birth date is a little bit contested but this is I think the most accurate birthday that we like have landed on as a society you know and and I think this is what Gypsy would you know call her birthday okay so Gypsy's parents, Rod and Didi, first met when he was in high school and Didi was a little bit older. So she told Rod he was 17, that she was 21, but really she was 24. So there was already starting to be some lies about age. Mm-hmm. And she they were dating and she felt pregnant. And he then decided, you know, the right thing to do is to marry her. And they were married uh, before Gypsy was born. Okay, well, that's good. Yes, but uh, the, his marriage to her unraveled. He realized, you know, he woke up on his 18th birthday and realized that he was not in love with her. And they, they actually separated before Gypsy was even born. Um, he mm. said, you know, I, I knew I'd gotten married for the wrong reasons. So Rod and Dee Dee were only together for a short period of time. And Dee Dee then really became Gypsy's, you know, primary caretaker. Okay. If we can even use those words about her. So there's a lot here with her early life that I'm going to try to take you through as quickly as possible before we get into, you know, the murder and, you know, the aftermath. Okay. But yeah, there's a lot to get into. So just buckle in. So I'm buckled. When Gypsy was three months old, Dee Dee believed her daughter had sleep apnea and began taking her to the hospital for this. Quick side note. I didn't know that babies could have sleep apnea. I thought that was just for like older men, like our dear father. 
Is it sleep apnea pretty dangerous too? I don't know. Yeah, it's like you're not getting enough oxygen or something. And I just, I didn't know that that was something that babies could suffer from. But the doctors didn't find anything wrong with Gypsy. New fear was, Yeah, Dee Dee was still convinced that Gypsy was ill. Okay. And she told Rod that she believed that Gypsy had a chromosomal defect and that her health is, all of her health issues really stemmed from that. Dee Dee is not a geneticist or a doctor of any kind, but Mm. she had a, you know, a keen understanding, at least, you know, she made people believe of Gypsy's physiology and, you know, the, what she was suffering from. So there's something called a mother's intuition, Chandler. Ever heard of it? I mean, it's just, I just think there's something about like a chromosome, like, how does she know? But. Anyway. <laughs> yeah that's definitely a stretch I think one of your chromosomes is is off lauren <laughs> i've been saying that for years so in a lot of the documentaries um they show this like video footage of gypsy as a as a toddler and honestly she seems normal like mm. everything seems to be like you know normal checking out. checking out like she doesn't seem to be someone who is suffering from a lot of ailments she's hitting um, the fact, milestones yeah, and, and there's this moment where Rod and his wife, uh, Gypsy's stepmother, say, oh, this is before everything really started to, you know, happen because okay. Gypsy looks like a normal little toddler. Oh, uh, wait, wait, really quick. This also happened like when she was an infant, right? Like from an infant, she thought that her, the baby was sick. Honestly, the minute Gypsy was alive, the Munchausen's by proxy began. Wow, this is so dark. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my mm. Clean Simple Eats protein powder. Yeah, I feel like it's such a good staple because the protein powder, if you blend it with ice and water, you got vanilla frosty, essentially, if you like the Simply Vanilla. If you get chocolate brownie powder, you've got a chocolate frosty. You could do the mint chocolate chip, you got a thin mint frosty, or you just dissolve it in milk or water, and that also strangely tastes really good like chocolate milk it's a super fast easy quick snack also i just love that the ingredients are clean they're grass-fed it's 20 grams of protein for 110 calories it is just the best protein powder out there everyone go to cleansimpleeats.com and use the promo code pop apologist for 10 percent off that's pop apologist for 10 percent off cleansimpleeats.com pop apologist for 10 percent off Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? (laughs) You know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by FrameBridge right now. Yes, I am so excited to correct this wrong in my life. What's so great about FrameBridge is for other people also intimidated by a gallery wall, if you go on their website, you can just very quickly, easily upload like five photos or whatever it is, and they will send you different dimensioned, cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a layperson like yourself. Everyone, see why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. There's a ton too about Dee Dee and her just being in a generally like nefarious character. I'm not going to get into that because I just don't think we have frankly have enough time, but Dee Dee had, you know, a cleared as day, but Dee Dee had a lot of issues. So 
Gypsy Rose was allegedly diagnosed with leukemia when she was eight. This is what Dee Dee was telling everybody. And, you know, Rod and uh, his wife did not question it. And Dee Dee shaved Gypsy's head to make it appear like she had went through chemotherapy and forced her to take medications that made her lose her teeth and induce mm. symptoms of medical issues that, you know, Dee Dee told the doctors that Gypsy Rose suffered from. What's very interesting here is that Gypsy Rose's grandpa said that the only thing that he remembers is that she had a scrape from a motorcycle accident and that this turned into G- Gypsy Rose needing to wear a leg brace, which oh then gosh. turned into her needing to use a wheelchair because she actually had muscular dystrophy. Stop. So I don't know how you go from a scrape to, you know, muscular dystrophy to leukemia. And Dee also said that Gypsy Rose had a fear of eating, which eventually led her to have a feeding tube surgically inserted into oh, her stomach. My mm-hmm. gosh, which was very painful. She would have Wait, to go in just, to get. So she just told doctors. And sorry, how old is she at this point? It's it's a little bit unclear, but they call it like because even Dee Dee is lying about her age. But this is all basically from when Gypsy is like zero to I would say fourteen or so is when like okay all of these bigger illnesses are starting to like show up apparently and you know this is just now gypsy's new life as you know someone who has a lot of like uh illnesses okay and so she's able to convince doctors that gypsy can't eat well that she had a fear of eating or that yeah like i don't know exactly how the, she was the able to do thing. it. She was able to convince them of that particular part. But what is really dark and fascinating is that because Dee Dee was just a master manipulator and the way that she claimed documents had been lost and, you know, they moved around a lot. So doctors really had no uh, set of records or just had no track record to look back on and be like, oh, this actually doesn't make any sense because this doctor said she didn't have anything wrong. And oftentimes if a doctor, if Dee Dee went to a doctor with Gypsy and they didn't believe her, they said that something, you know, that she actually was fine. Dee Dee would never take Gypsy back to that doctor. She would just shop around for a different doctor who would believe her. Gotcha. Okay. Wow. So Rod was in the picture, but not really. He maintained a close relationship with Gypsy when she was younger, especially when they lived in the same area. But as you know, Gypsy got older and they moved around. Sorry, before I get to Rod, I just need more information on how she got Gypsy to go along with saying that she was afraid of eating. Like how she got Gypsy to submit to these indignities. I think it's all that Gypsy knew. And so what I'm also driving at by, you know, explaining why Rod wasn't really in the picture because, you know, he was a little bit when they moved, when they were, when she was younger, but then once they, you know, started moving around, he was farther away and, you know, they had more distance. It was just Dee Dee and Gypsy against the world. And they had this very close relationship where Dee Dee would harshly react if Gypsy tried to be independent at all. For example, you know, when they would go to the doctor's, uh, Dee Dee would say, don't move your legs. And she would put a blanket over her legs so that she couldn't, they couldn't see if they were moving or anything. And then she would have her play with a, like a stuffed doll or a, you know, a stuffed animal or a doll to have her like also appear younger. So Gypsy was just not even treated like a person able to like gotcha. advocate for herself or speak for herself at all. And so that's another reason why it was like, it was just Dee Dee's word. And the other thing that really gave credibility to Dee Dee's story was that they were getting like Habitat for Humanity built their house after they lost Mm. it in Hurricane Katrina. They were sent on like, you know, Walt Disney trips. Like there was a lot of other like uh, there was outreach from the communities that added validity to like her story. Well, I so I've gotten it's interesting. Like I've gotten a prescription refill through like one of those telemedicine things. And if you 
it's no, I sound like I'm like a pill bopper, which I'm not, but like if you have a pres- previous prescription, it's so much easier to get that prescription versus mm-hmm. being right, but, but versus never having any documentation of having mm-hmm. had it before. And right. so I bet you it's just like one piece of validation beget the next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So another big moment is that they lose their house due to Hurricane Katrina. Okay. Uh, and I think 2005 is when her, yeah, in 2005. And you know, Dee Dee then claims that all of her medical records, all of her birth certificates and everything were lost in Hurricane Katrina. So it's like, you know, doctors can't argue with that. You know, that that actually could have all been true. Mm-hmm. But this is really when, you know, allegedly or apparently, you know, Gypsy was born in 1991. But in 2005, Dee Dee says her birth certificate, everything has been lost. You know, Gypsy is 14. But Dee Dee is claiming that, you know, She's still oh very gosh. young and she says she presented her younger than her age. And she told people that she only had the mental acuity of a seven-year-old. Sorry. I'm just thinking, I'm, I'm thinking like of these broader things, which is just like how much children will believe what their parents tell them mm-hmm. and how dangerous it is when certain children, when like when I'm thinking of like FLDS people, right? I don't know why all roads lead me back to Warren Jeffs, but that's my brain. And I just think about like kids growing up in that environment. And, you know, I I listened to an interview with one of his many ex-wives and she was talking about how like not really understanding anything about the planets and just like Mm -hmm. anything really when she was 20 because she was raised in an environment where there's no education. And I think it's hard for probably adults to conceive of having such a limited knowledge. But really when, when Gypsy only had her mom, you know, only had her mom and her mom telling her things, it does make sense that she just lived in this completely warped alternate reality. Right, right. Well, absolutely. She was incredibly sheltered. Dee Dee was her only connection to the outside world. You know, we'll learn later on when she would use the computer, Dee Dee would supervise it and that you'll watch footage of her. And she really seems very, very young, whether it's, you know, her talking about princesses or fairy mm-hmm. tales. It, it is clear that Dee Dee was keeping her in this infantile state mm-hmm. or, you know, really young adolescent state because she didn't want her to have any sort of independence or to open her eyes to the world. Another interesting little story. Dee Dee was in a car accident. I don't have exact dates on this, but Dee Dee was in a car accident and Gypsy had to stay with her uh, grandparents. And that while she was with her grandparents, she would eat, walk, play, jump on the trampoline when her mom was not around, when her mom wasn't, you know, um, there to see and when Dee, when Dee Dee came back and saw Gypsy Rose out of her wheelchair she got very upset with Gypsy and told her to get back in her wheelchair wow okay so there is some knowledge obviously of course yeah and, and I think what you know what I have sort of come to realize is that maybe Dee Dee wasn't telling Gypsy hey you you don't know how to walk and Gypsy was like no I know how to walk but maybe Dee Dee was saying your bones are really brittle you know you can't mm-hmm. really be walking because you're going to fall and break something and then you know then you'll be you know x really serious thing that could happen if she were to try to walk or you know move around I mean even think about how much just your mom tells you about like the body and I remember so many times being like oh I feel like a little bump and mom's like oh well if you feel on the same side of your right, body right. if there's symmetry then it's that it's supposed to be there mm-hmm. and, and like you, you mm-hmm. learn so much just about how right. to be like a biological human from your mother I think a lot of you know most of us so it's right, very interesting right. I think that Dee Dee was all Gypsy had Gypsy had did not have a relationship really with Rod like there was nobody else in her life advocating for her paying attention you know her grandparents didn't even really say anything after this which is just like awful Mm. so 
if we move on to... I don't... Sorry. I think I interrupted you. Yeah. I'm not sure you totally circled back on Rod not being around. You know, there's not like... I don't have a chronological list of when he stopped, you know, being super involved in her life. But basically, they started to move around from place to place. Okay. And they moved several times. And I think that like, you know, Dee Dee also sort of sheltered Gypsy from Rod. And there wasn't... There wasn't an open line of communication. Like, for example, Rod tells this story in the documentary where you know he called her to say happy birthday on her 18th birthday and Dee, Dee said to him don't tell her she's 18 wow and Rod was like why why can i tell her she's 18 you know it's her 18th birthday and she's like well you know like i don't want it to make her sad that she's 18 and you know she can't really you know she's not actually an 18 year old like kind of manipulated him in that way so he didn't tell yeah. her that she was 18 wow you know so really like yeah Dee, Dee controlled all the communication to gypsy mm. okay Okay, so let's let's move on to some some people who did sort of blow the whistle and did sort of think that something was amiss. Okay. So um, when Gypsy was 14, actually 14, she saw a neurologist in Missouri who came to believe she was the victim of Munchausen syndrome by proxy. However, he never reported her case to authorities. He said he didn't think there was enough evidence to act. Another moment where she really could have used Lisa Rinna. Yeah. In 2009, an anonymous report was made to authorities stating that Dee Dee's accounts of Gypsy's ailments had no medical basis. This then resulted in two social workers or caseworkers visiting their home, but Dee Dee really convinced them that nothing was wrong. And, yeah. you know, that's that's really shocking to me. Um, one of the commentators in the documentary says this, and I it's come to mind multiple times, like literally every single person in Gypsy's life failed her. Every yeah. single person from her family to, you know, social workers to doctors like there was mm -hmm. nobody who who saw what was going on and you know tried to get her out of the situation it sounds like there might have been a few people who saw warning signs but like at every juncture that you know gypsy's mom was able to subvert those um those efforts and it sounds like the efforts were not you know made with a ton of like Vigor. they weren't super strong efforts you know yeah. it was like hey i'm raising this flag okay i'll take your word for it you know back right off. right it's not like there was right. somebody who was caught blowing the whistle from the get-go so as gypsy is getting older you know as that happens in life Dee, Dee then continues to lie about her age going as far to then alter the dates on her birth certificate you know <gasps> probably a new one she had made to make her seem younger um but gypsy was growing up and she was becoming harder for Dee, Dee to control okay so you might be asking yourself, why didn't Gypsy get up and walk around and tell someone what was happening? Mm -hmm. Your mother controlled so much. Mm -hmm. Many people just can't understand why you didn't just get up and walk out of that wheelchair. You weren't sick. It's mental, it's emotional, it's physical. All these reasons combined together is what prevented me from just walking out of that situation. Give us a sense of the fear that you felt. I feared more than anything that if I ran away, that things would be worse for me at home. Like she has nobody. Yeah. And it's honestly, it's like we grew up with infinite safety net in terms of just like our parents. We could always go move home with our parents. And I remember the fear of being like, 19 and just being like oh i have to like you know figure out how to make money and survive in this mm -hmm. world and i can't imagine if you have like probably no education no ability to understand like how things work real life you're probably real not even life. watching movies that are showing you how real life works like this is your your survival depends mm -hmm. on playing along yeah it's it's really dark to think about 
we so we learned that Dee Dee also had Gypsy see hundreds of doctors in order to keep them from seeing the patterns. In one instance, a neurologist doubted her muscular dystrophy and told Dee Dee that she'd been misdiagnosed. But you know, instead of being happy, you know, you've been misdiagnosed or you're good, Dee Dee storms out and refused to oh. like return to that doctor. <sighs> Gypsy Rose said that Dee Dee wouldn't let her speak during doctor's visits and told her that she ever tried to escape. Police wouldn't believe her story. It's so wild. Munchausen, by proxy parents, will go to the ends of the earth to maintain that they have a sick child, you know, to keep up this story. So in 2008, they had moved to Springfield, Missouri. Gypsy is now actually 17. But, you know, that's obviously not the age that Dee Dee is going by. Habitat for Humanity builds them a home. You know, I I remember hearing that they built them this home that was totally, you know, wheelchair friendly. And, you know, it had a jacuzzi for uh, Gypsy's muscles and everything. You know, she also appeared on Dr. Phil. crazy. She went on Dr. Phil. She went on Dr. Phil. There was an outpouring of support, including many charitable contributions, such as free trips to Walt Disney through Make-A-Wish, backstage passes to um, Miranda Lambert concerts, like, you know, the works. I just want to say really quick, I feel like there's such an interesting intersection. The Venn the Van diagram between fraudsters and attention seekers is really mo- a lot of times a circle. Like I think about someone like Jen Shaw, right? Who was scamming mm-hmm. the elderly and really right. doing something like Gypsy's mom that would make you want very little attention on you, right? Ostensibly. Right. So you could continue your scheme. Mm-hmm. You know, you want as few eyes as on you as possible, but it's just so interesting how so many of these perpetrators also want validation or they just want attention. They want attention. That attention. Well, I am not a, a psychologist but or a psychiatrist, but, you know, I feel like Munchausen's by proxy, especially with, you know, needing that the medical aspect of it is all about the attention and mm. you know like the the outpouring from people you know of support and and yeah and just attention okay really quick is that what the whole motivation is is that why these parents do this or why these caretakers I don't do know. this i, if it's I, I don't know it's, it's it's probably a, attention it's and support control. and control and mm-hmm. also, you know, it's like somebody needing them. I think that's the other really big part of it. It's they they need someone to need them so badly, you know, on a on a live and die level, you know. Yeah. And that's what totally. I, and that and that's why I think Dee Dee wanted to keep Gypsy so young is that she never wanted her to grow up and even even if she was sick to like not need her as much, mm-hmm. you know. That would be my armchair psychology. You know, I feel like mom has a little bit of a touch of the Munchausen by proxy. Just as like, she has like a 1% touch of it. Like in terms of whenever we had like a a little symptom, it would be like, I think you need to go to the emergency room. I remember one time she sent me to the emergency room when I was 19, um, when I had swollen bumps on the back of my head. She was like, you just, if it's a brain tumor, you you can never be too careful. Of course, they were were lymph nodes. Right, right. There's a touch of Dee Dee and Deb. That's all I'm going to say. Maybe a touch. Yeah, I, you're you're not totally wrong. She'd probably honestly, you know, understand it herself. But it has made us you know, very cautious people who are not afraid of doctors, which, you know, I, I'll take as a win. It's so true. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early bird CBD gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 
2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So this concoction, it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor. That's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love Early Bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these products, these gummies, everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about, about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Earlybirdcbd.com. POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor. Try the gummies. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. Ladies and gentlemen. What are you doing? What do you mean? I'm just keep it simple. I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Brav Bros. Two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude, stop with the voice. Just the vo- keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Brav bros. Good job. Let's get into Gypsy's first escape attempt. So Gypsy is now 20 years old. All right. So this is in 2011. She meets an older man at a sci-fi convention she attended with family friends. And so she's let out of her mom's sight for this. This is, yeah. It's not totally clear to me how this was a sanctioned, you know, visit or sanctioned mm-hmm. event, but somehow mm-hmm. she's able to go with trusted family friends to a sci-fi convention. Okay. While she's there, she she meets this older man who she tells, you know, her story to and she says this is what's happening to me. Whoa. And he says, "Pack your stuff, you can come live with me." And she does. She packs her things, she sneaks out and she hitchhikes a ride, <gasps> you know, with the intention of joining him in Arkansas. Within hours, Didi has found her dragged her home and then smashed her phone and computer and gypsy says my god her mom said if you ever try to do that again i'm going to smash your fingers with a hammer okay one thing i want to say and this is like major trigger warning this whole episode's a trigger warning but i just feel like i saw this someone posted this thing about like going back to school and like don't say anything like you're complaining about having to go back to school to your classmates because you don't know how many of your classmates are just so grateful to be back in class mm-hmm. right, because of right. the abuse they're enduring at home. I mean, obviously, she's not necessarily a child at that point, but it's just so terrifying to consider that moment when she broke free ostensibly or thought she had mm-hmm. and then she was mm-hmm. back and her perpetrator was just... Oh, yeah. Like, you know, unleashing... Well, and, you know, unleashing. And then she sa- Gypsy said that if she didn't behave right or she, you know, wasn't good to her mom, her mom would like favor the cat. Like, you know, it was just they were living in the storm of Dee Dee's emotions. So we then get to Gypsy meeting Nicholas Godijan. This is in 2012. This is one year after that escape attempt. So even though Dee Dee was making Gypsy Rose act much younger, uh, Gypsy was obviously interested in boys and wanted to start having contact with them. She secretly made an account on a Christian dating website and Gypsy met Nicholas um, on that website uh, three years before Dee Dee's murder. And, you know, Nicholas said it was almost like love at first sight. I just connected with her instantly. Wow. And, you know, a year into their online relationship, Gypsy told Nicholas that she could walk and that she didn't need a wheelchair. I mean, isn't it also interesting that Gypsy's drive to reproduce, like her biological instinct to 
like have sex is what mm-hmm. freed her on some level. Right. Like right, I just right. also think about how that's such a strong, mm-hmm. obviously, thing. I just think that that's so interesting too. It's like Dee Dee could not control the biological instincts that were going to come up within right. Gypsy. Right. right, right, right. And what's really hard is that you know, she she met Nicholas and Nicholas had a lot of issues. He, mm. you know, I, I don't know how much of the really dark stuff to get into. Not that it's necessarily dark, but like it's a, the more PG-13 stuff to get into. But, mm-hmm. you know, he said that he had multiple personalities and, you know, he kind of introduced her to BDSM. He also suffered from Asperger's and autism. Wow. And, you know, he kind of introduced her, I would say, to a, a darker side of sexuality they were in this relationship for three years. So after communicating online for more than two years, they decided to like plan an, an actual meetup. And obviously it's not like Gypsy could just like go out and, you know, go meet up with him. So they decided yeah. that Gypsy would go with her mom to see the live action Cinderella movie and that Nicholas would then, you know, be there. And then they could have like a, a, a meet in person that, that seemed natural. Okay. So, you know, Gypsy dressed up as Cinderella and she saw Nicholas as her Prince Charming. And, you know, she hoped that when Dee Dee saw him that she would approve, but she didn't. You know, Dee Dee yeah, was like, who's this guy? Why is he here seeing a kid's movie? He doesn't have a kid with him. You know, it's so weird. <laughs> fair, fair, fair point. And even even Gypsy in one of the interviews is like, you know, it, it is kind of weird. But she didn't have any <laughs> understanding of the real world. There was she had no grasp on the real world. Which, totally. you know, I'm going to come back to, you know, she literally was like, I'm going to dress like a princess. This is he's my prince. Right, right. A part of this that is worth noting is that they then literally had sex in the movie theater bathroom. What? Yeah. At the Cinderella? Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Yeah. The drive to procreate yeah. Chandler. I know. I know. I mean, not to become national geographic on this, right. but it is just human primates. They will go to a lot of lengths in order to further the species. Exactly. It's like you can't you can't fight it. We need um, David so, Attenborough's voice narrating right. <laughs> Gypsy and her boyfriend in the Cinderella dress. The drive to procreate <laughs> between these two primates. So this is Gypsy's talking and she says, you know, she as in Dee, Dee got jealous because I was spending a little too much attention on him and she'd ordered me to stay away from him. And needless to say, it was a very long argument that lasted a couple of weeks, you know, yelling, throwing things, calling me names, bitch, slut, whore. Whoa. Yeah. So Godijan said that Gypsy no longer wanted to live with her mother and wanted to run away with him so that they could be together. But obviously running away wasn't an option. She'd already tried that. And she, you know, she said she had had enough and that she didn't hate her mother, but that she wanted her dead. And Gypsy later then says, you know, it was not because I hated her. It was because I just wanted to escape her. Mm. So they started to make plans for how they would be together and help her escape Dee Dee. And Gypsy Rose alleges that the murder was the last case scenario and that they tried to think of a less extreme measure to get away from Dee Dee. But they, you know, they didn't come up with something, you know, less extreme. They hatched this plan all over Messenger and texting. All of the plans were over Messenger. They were hatching how this would happen. He would, you know, he would obviously travel down there. He would be the one to murder Dee Dee. And, you know, they would run away together. So wait, so she said, I don't hate her, but I want her dead. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I love, love, love the distinction there. 
once again, this is a person who has no, does not have a grasp on reality and who is so desperate. I mean, I'm not necessarily, I'm not saying she did the right thing by any means, but right. like she doesn't have any grasp on the real world or real world, world consequences. I mean, she's literally put, they're putting all of their premeditation murder plans, you know, into text message. Right. Okay. So, so Gypsy and Nicholas, after the initial encounter and Gypsy's and, and Dee Dee's like abusive and telling her, you know, that she can't see him. They right. start hatching this plan together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they yeah. create the plan on te- via text that they're going to mm-hmm. do this. Via text. Yeah. They don't live in the same place. Yeah. But they, you know, after Dee Dee goes to sleep, Gypsy goes on the computer and she messages him and, you know, they, and, and you know, that's kind of, that's where really where their relationship all existed was online. Is Gypsy at yeah. this point, did she ever get her computer back or is she only accessing yeah. the computer? Oh, she does get it back. I think so. I think she has okay. computer access. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes I mean, sense. at least she's somehow she's, she's posting on Facebook. They're posting on Facebook about each other. She's her and the boyfriend. Sexy. Yes. She's sending him sexy photos and is she yeah. posting them publicly or just sending them? To I him? can't, t- I couldn't tell, but some of them. Yes. Wow. Okay. Okay. So yeah. she's, she's definitely like stretching her wings of freedom a little bit within the house. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Totally. Okay. And I think at this point she's fully living a double life. Mm. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So her mom is sorry. So her mom doesn't see these posts. Oh no, no, no. I don't think so. Oh, okay. okay. I, okay. I, that yeah. makes more sense. I don't like think on her so, fit stuff or I mean, whatever. Her fin I don't know exactly, but I but I think she's leading a covert relationship with him online. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, what's okay. weird is that they also like shared a Facebook or something. So they hatch the plan and then the plan is put into action. And so on the night of June 9th, 2015, he takes a bus from Wisconsin to Missouri to meet up with Gypsy. And you know, what they've decided is that they'll wait till Dee Dee is asleep and then she'll give him the signal that he can come in the back door and then he will commit the murder and then they'll <gasps> run wait. away together. Okay, before we get them to the murder, is there any conversation where Nick because Nick, I mean, Gypsy lives in an alternate reality, right? That her mom has constructed. And so you can understand why she would be driven to extreme desperate measures. But Nicholas is, for all intents and purposes, a normal adult. So is there any moment where he's like, um, I don't want to murder your mom. I'm sorry you've gone through so much, but I don't know that I want to go to jail for the rest of my life. Like, what's the conversation I there? I don't think Nick had a full set of mental tools to help him understand the situation and what he was getting himself into. This is a story that's going to require earmuffs, but it's very quick. And I think it, you know, explains that Nick was arrested at one point. Nicholas was arrested for fondling himself to pornography in a McDonald's for nine hours. Okay. I think that told us everything we needed to know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I wasn't going to share that story because it's going to go. Yeah. I wasn't going to share that story because it is quite graphic, but, um, you know, I think it just, it answers your question. That context was absolutely needed to make <laughs> this entire thing, you know, to make the math math. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, he loved Gypsy and he was willing to do anything for her. So if we get to the night of the murder and this is, it's, you know, it's, it's gruesome. She says that on the night of the murder, her and Dee Dee had actually given each other manicures and they'd had a really good night and Gypsy had put Dee Dee to bed and that she'd promised to be a good girl. (sighs) She actually says that some of her, like Dee Dee's last words to her were like, please don't hurt me. Um, That night as she fell asleep, she falls asleep and then he, you know, Nicholas Godijan enters the residence. Gypsy hid in the bathroom while he then stabbed Dee Dee to death. Oh Um, my gosh. mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's horrific. 
it gets a worse also. For me, this is the part where it's just like the wheels fully come off the bus because this guy, there's something wrong with this guy. Like, yeah, to yeah. be able to be able to do that. I don't care well, what anyone's doing yeah. to anyone to be able to take an, I'm not even going to say graphically yeah. what he did, but yeah, you know, Gypsy talks about in the documentary that he, you know, was into BDSM and oh that uh, he wanted to rape Gypsy after. So then he, he raped Gypsy after the murder, like in the same house. And then they take off together. So then for several days, they kind of enjoyed life together. They were spotted, you know, on a surveillance camera in Walmart, you know, seeming to be just totally normal, not a worry um, on their mind. There's footage of like that they took of them just like kind of like being silly, laughing hysterically in a hotel room. And, you know, Gypsy says, I honestly didn't think we were going to get caught. That never crossed my mind. Wow. Wow. Gypsy has no concept of the real world once again. Right. So they're just, I mean, they've done this thing. Obviously, it's going to be discovered that Dee Dee is mm-hmm. dead eventually. Right. And they've left their fingerprints everywhere. Like, right. they, there's been no efforts to cover up the murder. Right. So, and we'll get to the whatever efforts were done that were just not thought through. So, <laughs> okay. five days later. Should not be laughing. Excuse me. Gypsy wrote on Gypsy and Dee Dee's joint Facebook page, that bitch is dead. Which then immediately sparked concern from Dee Dee's friends. There was also like another very graphic message that comes after, but I don't. I'm like, I feel like I've said enough things, and my stomach already hurts. I want to hear it. Look that up. You do want to hear it? I think so. I think or you should just look much. it up. It's okay. just too much. It's just like it's it's gratuitous, and I just it makes my stomach hurt. We'll we'll save it for the for the documentary of people for the sickos yeah. like me who want to hear more about this. Yeah, exactly. I've also heard it and seen it so many times from researching this. I'm just, I'm good. Um, I've got the picture. So her friends kind of freak out. Uh, They don't, you know, they're confused by this post. They're unable to get into contact with Dee Dee. They alert the authorities. Police find Dee Dee's body in her home. You know, that's Mm -hmm. five, five days later. By this point, Gypsy and Nicholas are back in Wisconsin. So the police were able to trace the IP ad- address of the Facebook post to Big Bend, Wisconsin, where Gypsy and Nicholas were staying. They were they had gone back to live with Nicholas and his family. Mm-hmm. And what they had told Nicholas's family is that, you know, Gypsy was homeless and that her mom had kicked her out. They were living in a mm-hmm. shelter and her mom had kicked her out or something. So police raided Nicholas Godijan's family home and arrested him on Gypsy of charges of murder and felony armed criminal action. And wow. it was easy for them to make this arrest because the pair had brought their bloody clothes with them and then they had mailed the murder weapon from Springfield to his house. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. They brought the clothes with them. Did not destroy Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I, I am. Yeah. Wow. There are no words, Chandler. I know. I know. It's, it's, It's horrifying and so also befuddling. That's mm-hmm. baffling. I'm, you know, all of all of the above. Gypsy says though that she was the one who actually wrote the post that that bitch is dead, um, and she says that she wrote that so that someone would find her mother's body. She says she says I couldn't stand the thought of her just there because of what happens if it would ta- have taken months to find her. So I wanted her to be found so that she could have a proper burial. You know, once again, she's not understanding the consequences and that people are going to, going to be scratching their heads about what has mm-hmm. happened. Right. Obviously, this shocks the community who thought that this was just this like sweet mother daughter, you know, situation where the you know the daughter was just suffering from all these 
um, illnesses. Many of the law enforcement like involved just say it's the, the craziest thing they've ever you know been a part of. And what I think is also interesting to note that so Godejan was arrested and charged with murder. Both originally pleaded not guilty okay. to first degree murder. Uh, many others who knew Gypsy's story when she first appeared in court were really so surprised that she could even walk and not use a wheelchair. I think that really? was like a huge part of it was that she could walk. Even her father, he said he was under the impression that Didi was truthful about her illnesses. And, he, and when he saw her in court, he even said, I was happy she was walking. It was like a, a oh, huge batch of mixed emotions. And then, you know, he said, big red flags, questions. I felt so stupid. If she can walk, what else have I been lied to about? Oh, my gosh. It's, I don't know. It's like also her father definitely. Like, it's like, of course, it's like the dad's not involved. He mm-hmm. has no, you know, no participation almost in her. I mean, I know nothing about this guy, but it sounds like he's just a another father who, you know, another like Paris Hilton's husband who just like abandoned the child. And I guess all the roads also read back, go back to Carter Ream with for me. But it's just like, yeah, it's like imagine if the dad had been involved and actually knew his kid enough to know, like, take him more. The dad wanting an authentic relationship with Mm -hmm. his daughter Mm -hmm. could have also just commented on all of this. I just, I just want to say that men are also the problem here, right? One of my favorite people on Instagram always uses the expression, men aren't people. Sometimes <laughs> that feels like it applies. Sometimes, sometimes it feels like it applies. Sometimes it absolutely does. Okay, um, please okay, proceed. Let's, let's get to a clip where Gypsy Rose says that um, in a lot of ways, going to prison was the best day of her life so far. Oh, wow. Since my incarceration, I am finally free to build relationships and friendships. The best memory that I have in my entire life is the day that I got to prison and I got to go out to the picnic tables. And I'm like, I'm free. I'm free to have friends. I'm free to do what I want. I might be in a controlled environment, but this is nice. You're making me cry. It's the truth. It's such a good memory. (laughs) I think that just puts into perspective how dire her circumstances were. Yeah, completely. I mean, because I think that like before this started, I, I really was just like, what? This girl killed her mom? And like, everyone's like, gypsy, taking, right. I mean, I see all these influencers yeah. parading her around as like their BFF. And I'm just like, right. what? It feels now, like a little yeah. warped. Yeah. And I think that, so, okay. So did we get to the sentencing yet? Um. So, yeah. So basically Nicholas is sentenced to life in prison. Okay. And, yes. you know, he argues in court that he killed Dee Dee to free Gypsy Rose, but he, so he's sent away for life in prison. So then, Gypsy pleads guilty to second degree murder and is sentenced to 10 years in prison, but she obviously has been released after eight um, on parole. And what, and is the, is the boyfriend still in prison? I think so. Okay. So the new guy is not that guy. No, 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 I feel like I've seen. So we'll we'll get to that. Okay. And I I just want to say this really quick. I'm grateful that our justice system has, has this ability to make these distinctions, right? Yeah, no, I think I think this was a fair sentencing. I think that, yeah, it, it is heartening to see that the justice system didn't think that the rest of her life should be defined mm-hmm. by what her dire circumstances drove her to. And I think even if you look at what it drove her to, she she actually 
you know, she did plan her mother's murder. And I feel weird even like making this distinction. But Nicholas was one who carried it out. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And again, if you're capable of committing that act, you should go to jail for life. Right. So Gypsy Rose was actually engaged in 2019 to a mystery man. um, But then they split up. She got like, you know, she got some attention in prison. And she meets the love of her life, Ryan Scott Anderson, in prison he's not a prisoner so this is an interesting story so they first connected in 2020 during you know when uh it was locked down covid and tiger king was popular and ryan's co-worker told him that she was going to write a letter to joe exotic he told his co-worker that if if she wrote him he would write a gypsy wow okay he said i tell you what if you write him i'll write gypsy rose blanchard i had watched her documentary mommy dead and dearest like three years before that and then the act came out and i never watched the act but i remember my friends talking about the act and i was like i'll watch the documentary again so it was kind of fresh in my mind after he didn't really expect anything back but after he sent it you know she responded and they began a back and forth exchange wow i just think it's worth noting there's a whole subgenre of people who fall in love with people who are incarcerated i actually yeah i actually get served a lot of videos on my reels <laughs> on like tiktok and stuff about like people who are no you know, they're like i'm in love yeah. with a prisoner oh yeah 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 it's actually i saw this one a c- couple days ago it was it's tough out there just it's be grateful there. there's a ring on your finger chandler it's tough out and, there and lauren i think something you should consider is that if oh, things gosh. go south what prisoner should you write i think you have great chances with a prisoner I think I have great chances with a prisoner. And if I ever go to prison, this is at least a silver lining for me that hopefully is Absolutely. it only a male to female thing though, or like a no. female to male thing. Oh no, no, no. The, the person I stumbled across is like someone, it's a girl who's on the outside, who's writing to a guy on the inside. I, I feel like I, I would assume that, but do men ever go after female prisoners or is this just a privilege exclusive to male prisoners? This might just be a Ryan Anderson thing, but I'm this not sure. Patriarchy, another benefit of the patriarchy. Okay. Please continue. So this brings us to men, up to, not to us, know, so yeah. So they're married in prison. So now they're married. And this brings us to present day, December 28th, when she is released from prison and she, you know, steps on the scene of, you know, the world at large. And we are now receiving this huge outpouring of Gypsy Rose content. You know, we have get ready with Gypsy Rose. We have not skinny, but not fat interviewing her. Like it's just, it's craziness. Okay, well, I am so glad we did this because I really felt like, and I was shocked when I did that poll on Instagram because over half of the people said, I have no idea what's going on as well. So I feel like now I'm in the know. I'm so excited to watch the act and Mommy, Dead, and Dearest and honestly enjoy all this content. So thank you, Chandler. This was phenomenal. There's one more little anecdote I want to leave you with, okay? Okay, great. Gypsy is receiving hate. She's stepping on the scene of social media. Of course, there are going to be people who, you know, do not believe in her and who honestly want to throw stones at her relationship. So let me just read you, you know, what she said, what she clapped back to the haters after they, <laughs> uh, I think they were making fun of her husband. Okay. So let me just find this exact quote because I don't want to mess it up because it is, it's quite the quote. She said, Ryan, don't listen to the haters. I love you and you love me. We do not owe anyone anything. Our family is who matters. I love you. Besides, they are jealous because you are rocking my world every night. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, I said it. The D is fire. Stop. (laughs) These are my final thoughts after that exchange. Gypsy is like a newborn baby teenager who is just Mm. barely experiencing the actual real world like yeah she was like she born prison on her was first good day of, 
literally she was born on her first day of prison and now she's like growing up in the real world you know now she's like in her 30s um she has no concept of normal or what is adequate behavior or you know anything and so i do worry about her a little bit being in the public eye but i wish Mm -hmm. her the best and i think what's been sweet to see is that when she posts something people are so sweet to her in the comments Mm -hmm. like people are like girl like i love those nails you look so good like there's so much adoration of just and and honestly like love for her that it, Mm -hmm. it does warm my heart a bit so i wish gypsy rose all the best I know this is not an adequate analogy, but it's kind of like Christine Brown on Sister Wives. Like, I feel like she had a really hard first chapter of her life. And now this next chapter, people are just so obsessed with her and love her. And I right, just, right. Anyway, you love to see that. You love to see the pendulum swing and people who've been through a hard time really receive so much love. So Chandler, truly thank you. This was phenomenal. One quick thing, you guys, if you want to listen to another bomb episode of this podcast, or do people still say bomb in 2024, Chan? Fire. That D is fire. <laughs> if you want a, a, a P that's fire, a podcast that's fire, our new <sighs> bonus episode on Ballerina Farm giving birth is very good. I'm just going to say it's it. It's very good. It is. People are like on fire in the comments talking about it. So it's on Patreon. And then also reminder, if you want to subscribe to Close Friends on Instagram, you can do that on Patreon and your window to do that closes Friday end of day. So send us a message Wednesday. on Patreon with your Instagram handle. And we will add With you. your handle. Exactly. Chandler, this was so good. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Th- you. Thank you everyone for listening. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Love you. And we'll be back on Patreon on Friday. Love you guys. Bye. Love you. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. What does everybody do when you're shopping online? You jump right to the reviews. You want to see what all the other customers are saying. You want to see all the ratings. Well, look, Bowen Branch did this for you already. In a recent customer survey, 96% said the Bowen Branch sheets get softer with every wash. And if you're like me, you've been searching around trying to find the right sheets because look, sheets make a huge impact on how you sleep. You want to feel cozy. Bowen Branch is here. They've got buttery, breathable sheets. Buttery sounds good for sheets, doesn't it, Steel? Buttery sounds amazing. I want to lay in butter every night. That's what I want to do. Isn't that the best? Yeah. But you know what's even better? What's that? Not getting butter on me. Just having the sensation of laying just in butter. Just laying in the butter, but there's not butter there. That's what Bowl and Branch is going to deliver to you. Imagine sleeping in the softest sheets that you've ever felt. And this is exactly what I want. They've got 13 different colors that you can roll through for every occasion. Matches your bedspread, whatever season it might be. I went with the pewter. What color did you go with? I went straight up white. I just, we have classic. classic, you know, our bedroom has a lot of white in it. So we just went classic. That's a good move. That's definitely a good move. And look, since I've gotten these, I love them. I've washed them a couple different times. I don't know how often everybody washes their sheets, but I try to put it together. I wash my sheets more and more with these because they get softer and softer every time that you wash. And the best part is there's a 30-night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. If you don't love them, you can send them right back. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bowl & Branch. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code BRAVBROS at bowlandbranch.com. 
That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H.com. Promo code BRABROS. Exclusions apply. See site for details.